So, Steve, obviously, thanks for joining us today. Um, I was doing a little bit of research. I found an article from 07, the Star Tribune. Jim Ramstad said uh, that you outwork everyone else, and it's a reflection of your Minnesota work ethic. Now, you're from Moundsview, Minnesota, and uh, I'm curious about, first of all, what's Moundsview like, and uh, how much of that town is still in you after all these years? Yeah, it's a bedroom community for the Twin Cities. Uh, most people yeah. who live in Moundsview um, either work in the suburbs or, or downtown Twin yeah. Cities area. had many friends and family who worked in the device industry. And as I said, I, I grew up very near Medtronic's corporate headquarters. I went to high school at Irondale High School. Yeah. Our, our uh, band, our concert band, actually played at Medtronic's uh, grand opening of their previous corporate headquarters, oh, wow. um, which was not far from where I grew up. What did your parents do? Uh, my father was a computer technician. Mother was a homemaker. Yeah. I was the first kid in my family to go to college. Oh, wow. I went to school in Minnesota as well at St. Cloud State University, about an hour outside the Twin Cities. Yeah. Do you, you feel like you, uh, you have a, a work ethic that exceeds uh, some of your, the people that you know in Washington? Or has well, that been an attribute? Actually, hasn't that been an attribute for you? Well, I... I um, I like to think so. Yeah. I certainly had some great examples in that regard. Father was very hardworking, and my mother worked, you know, various jobs when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I think my father uh, set a great example. And but Washington's a hardworking town. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so uh, and when you enjoy your work, I mean, I, I do believe passion is absolutely essential yeah. to what you do. And I'm passionate about this industry and. I've just really enjoyed being a part of it for the last 16 years. Are you Minnesota nice, as they say? I think I'm Minnesota nice. <laughs> you know, I think being from Minnesota is a proxy for a lot of good things. Being yeah. from the Midwest generally is a proxy for a lot of good things. Yeah. Um, and again, one of the great things about working in the device industry is I get to go back there, you know, right. pretty regularly. So I haven't, I haven't forgotten where I'm from. Sure. Uh, did you play hockey growing up? Or? I didn't play hockey. I played basketball. Okay. You know, hockey's uh, pretty tough in Minnesota. Yeah. You know, I think my parents actually steered me towards basketball in the wintertime because I was, A, tall, and B, they didn't have an interest in going, you know, for ice time at 5 a.m. Right. or midnight. <laughs> uh, it was also a lot less expensive. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, although it's heresy probably in Minnesota, but I think it's a little more fun. Oh, that same article, we should, as we tout this article, it's also said, uh, it had a quote that said, you could talk the stripes off of a zebra. <laughs> well, <laughs> Where'd that I don't know, my from? parents could probably, would probably tell you I'm argumentative. Right. You know, I, I certainly uh, had my share of you know, political discussions around the, yeah. the dinner table and uh, always enjoyed current events and uh, started early you know, getting involved in politics. I yeah. interned for a senator from Minnesota, Rudy Boschwitz, and all the best intentions of moving to Washington and working for, for Senator Boschwitz. He uh, lost, unfortunately, shortly after I arrived in town. He was the only incumbent to lose that year. He lost to Paul Wellstone. Uh, right, yeah. Rest in peace. Mm -hmm. May he rest in peace. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I caught the bug early in terms of politics and current events. Any, any of those early lessons of politics that kind of resonated with you? Um, you know, I, Rudy was uh, very focused on constituent service and being very responsive. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, we had a real focus, almost a business-like focus, 
on ensuring that if you had an issue, um, that you could reach the right person and get an answer quickly. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, I think the diversity of, of the constituency. Uh, so you had everything from Fortune 500 companies to um, farmers to refugees. Um, Senator Boschwitz was very involved in, in foreign relations uh, issues. So I learned I learned about how to manage a diverse constituency. Yeah. And uh, that's certainly been applicable in the I'm sure world. That's served you well, right? I mean, how much of your job here at Advomet has it must alliance share must be talking to the member companies and so. Yeah, I mean the strength of the industry is its incredible diversity. I, I really believe that, uh, and yet you know it's a stressor. It keeps you up at night in terms of making sure your value prop is high across all those different right. uh, segments of the industry. But I'm very proud of. Um, the work that we've done in establishing Avamed DX and Avamed Excel. Mm -hmm. Avamed DX is uh, comprised of all of our diagnostic companies, which are somewhat different from other uh, device companies like implantable manufacturers, for example. And so yeah. having dedicated leadership and Andy Fish and resources focused on diagnostics and Ashley Wittorf, who does a terrific job with our emerging growth companies in the context of Avamed Excel. Um, I think has really enabled Advamed to better serve a, a diverse constituency. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, even more than in your next position, you probably have more diversity of companies here that have more niche issues, you know. I mean, we, we, we throw them under the umbrella device companies, but, I mean, it's almost artificial because there's... Well, the diversity is incredible, as you know. Yeah. I mean, it's everything from the tongue depressor to the artificial heart and everything in between. Yeah. And uh, you have capital equipment. You have completely different commercial channels, uh, reimbursement systems. Yeah. Um, so that diversity and ensuring again that we can meet the needs of that diverse membership is a key key focus of ours. A, a lot of people that I've talked to said, you know, Steve just knows his stuff inside and out on the device industry. Did you? How long did it take you to, to get this sort of level of uh, expertise? took me a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, I came from the hospital background. I'd worked at the Federation of American Hospitals for a few years, mm -hmm. uh, focused on Medicare reimbursement issues. And, and although it was very helpful to have the customer perspective when I went to the device industry, it certainly took me some time to yeah. learn the ins and outs of uh, how the products are reimbursed and where they fit in the, in the broader healthcare system. But the best advice I've ever gotten in my career was to dive into the substance. Yeah. and to know what you're talking about. And, um, you know, I think you, know, you can certainly, um, you know, overcook this. The reality is that you, you know, as CEO, you, you manage a, a large organization, and I've always been interested, though, genuinely interested in the policy. Yeah. So have had no interest in, in uh, taking over the policy apparatus. We have very strong people right. uh, in our policy uh, areas, but have an interest and getting into those details, yeah. and I've really enjoyed that. I mean, hospitals, devices, now you're going to go into pharma. I mean, you're, you're like going to be, you're Mr. Healthcare. But you didn't, I mean, well, did you, is this a surprise for you? I mean, I think you wanted to be in politics, not in healthcare. Well, it's interesting. I, I, uh, I certainly wasn't looking, you know, for yeah. another opportunity. I've really enjoyed my time at Advamed. Uh, but if you look at the set of issues, you know, confronting pharma today, it's fair to say it's a challenging environment. Sure. And uh, after 16 years and reflecting a great deal, uh, I think it's the right time for a new challenge. Yeah. 
And while there's some similarities, there are key differences between the sectors. So I'm going to yeah. learn a lot. I'm going to be stretched a lot. And I'm um, looking forward to it. But at the end, you'll be like the go-to guy on every healthcare issue you could probably Well, find. you know, it's the, the great thing about healthcare is it's so complex and it's so it, it's rapidly evolving. So yeah. we're all learning in healthcare every day. Yeah. Uh, but it is exciting for me to you know think about getting another perspective yeah. on the healthcare system. This, this, this decision, I'm sure you didn't come through light, come about it lightly. I mean, just. Can you give me a, f- a thought of just how difficult it was for you to to make that decision to to move on from this position where you've enjoyed a great amount of success, you've done a big impact? Yeah, I mean, it's first, you know, spent a lot of time with my family and yeah. making sure that uh, we were all on board for making such a significant change. Um, my son was recently diagnosed in December with type 1 diabetes, mm-hmm. uh, which is... Um, you know, been a been a difficult chapter for our family. It certainly right. uh, has increased my appreciation for the industry and the yeah. products he's now using every day. But you know, we had to make sure that we were all ready for right. for a new challenge. Um, but you know, I, I really reflected on all the growth at Avamed and all that we've accomplished. Mm. And um, you know, I just I think the the attraction is. Uh, the new challenge and yeah. the issues that are sort of central to the healthcare policy discussion today. Yeah, I can imagine how that news about your son just puts the whole industry into this crystal perspective for you. Absolutely. I mean, I think about our companies and pharmaceutical companies. I mean, he is short-acting insulin, long-acting yeah. insulin. Um, he is uh, migrating towards um, hopefully using the Dexcom. CGM, right. uh, which will you know give us incredible information you know real time, yeah. and uh, the idea that I can follow his blood sugar levels you know sitting here with you in California when he's back in Washington D.C. Yeah. is just phenomenal. It's remarkable, and uh, you know I think you see the the blurring of the lines between digital and and traditional medical technology, and it's really really exciting. And I, I talk to Chris, my son, all the time about just, you know, what's ahead and how it's going to get better. Yeah. And it's going to get better, you know, quickly because there's a lot of really smart people focused on making his life better. Does he think it's cool that you know the people that build that kind of stuff? He does. I mean, you know, uh, he's an 11-year-old and he's pretty wired. So, you know, I was at the J.P. Morgan conference earlier this year actually sitting in on Kevin's presentation. And I was telling my son about it afterwards, and he said, Dad, you know, make sure you have him set aside a G5 for me. <laughs> <laughs> he's played Minecraft on that thing, too. Uh, you know, he's, he's, more of a, he's more of a destiny guy. You know? Right. <laughs> um, well, I, I, I have my best of luck to him. And yeah, it's going to be hard, but I think, you know, it's season. He's certainly. a very courageous kid. He's yeah. growing up more quickly than he, he should, but he's doing great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would imagine that this job has its share of armchair quarterbacks. Mm. <laughs> what? No. No, <laughs> of course not, right? What's the most misunderstood aspect of, of being in the position you're in? As a sort of uh, spokesman for the industry, government affairs, a lobbyist, you know? I think it's a, it's a meta-leadership role, and what I mean by that is you're really leading um, not only just Advamed as an organization, but a network of individuals. Mm-hmm. So you think about the Advamed team, our board, but also um, you know all of our company Washington offices. And, and over my 10 years as CEO and 16 years in the organization, when I first started Advamed, we probably had 
one or two medical device companies had a Washington office. J&J, yeah. &J, Medtronic, maybe one or two others. Uh, where today we've got 20 or 25. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're still maturing, they're still adding staff, uh, but that has fundamentally changed, you know, the way we operate. Sure. So to effectively influence policy, you really have to leverage the strengths of the broader industry, yeah. the association, the board, and the broader stakeholder community. I think people, I mean, uh, let's, let's not go there. I'd like you to think back to that moment in the White House back in 2009 yeah. when, when suddenly you're at the table with all the healthcare stakeholders talking to the newly elected president who was incredibly popular. Um, you know, what, what, if you could do it over again, yeah. would you do anything differently? Not really. I mean, people forget how this all sort of came about. Mm -hmm. But the first chapter of healthcare reform um, was pretty collaborative. You yeah. know, I think there was an interest uh, on, the, on a bipartisan basis, you know, that maybe there could be a, a compromise reached. You know, mm -hmm. There was a group in the Senate, uh, Senator Grassley was a part of that effort with Senator Hatch and, and Chairman Max Baucus and other Democrats to see if there could be a compromise reached on a proposal, and we certainly wanted to be a part of that. Yeah. You know, the device industry is absolutely central to the delivery of healthcare, and we had every right to be at the table in those discussions. So we engaged pretty robustly with all the stakeholders, including the administration and, and folks on the Hill. Yeah. And then there was another chapter, right? Yeah. When it wasn't so bipartisan. And uh, that was clearly after the White House uh, interaction. And, and uh, you know, the White House really didn't put the device tax on the table. Right, yeah, they you can't know, put the, the Senate financing finance. financing uh, mechanism put on the table by, by the Senate Finance Committee. And at that point, it did become more challenging because I think the industry was uh, focused on the goals of healthcare reform and broadly supportive yeah. of many elements of reform, um, but felt that the imposition of the device tax was just a terrible idea and yeah. counterproductive to many of the goals um, inherent in healthcare reform. On the device tax, is it how difficult has it been? I mean, you're going to have worked on this issue for five years. Mm -hmm. We've gotten so close on repeal so many times, but we never gotten the vote in the Senate. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless something incredible happens, you probably won't be in this position when it gets repealed. I mean, are you gonna, is that would that feel like something that perhaps you you know look back on and say, God, I wish I'd gotten that? It is a regret yeah. uh, that, that I'm I'm leaving without that result. Right, and I feel quite personal about uh, you know pride in our team and the other stakeholders that have led this effort and how far we've come, as you point out. Yeah. Um, I'm confident that we're going to get a result by the end of the year. And, um, you know, I, I would just encourage your listeners, you know, don't, I wouldn't focus on a, a Senate vote per se. Mm -hmm. You know, frankly, very little uh, is dealt with that way in the Senate anymore. You know, they're usually dealing with broader packages and, yeah. and stitching things together. And, and as you know, Congress has a long to-do list at the end of this year, yeah. whether it's highway reauthorization, tax extenders, funding the government, the debt ceiling. I mean, there's a lot of things yeah. stacking up. And so I do think, you know, it, it's unclear how those things are all going to come together, whether it's one package or they'll deal with them uh, separately. Um, but we're going to have an opportunity to advance repeal at the end of the year. I mean, it seems like Avamed and, and the affiliated stakeholders did probably as much as you could ever do to get that niche issue top of mind in terms of it ended up in the 
uh, government shutdown. Uh, I mean, it had to have been some pinch yourself moments on some of the stuff you heard. Oh, it's. I mean, uh, I think it even ended up on uh, a couple of, like was it uh, John Stewart or like things like yeah, that. It's, it really is taken on uh, a life of its own. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't happen by accident. Right. You know, it happened because a lot of people educated policymakers about the negative effects of the tax. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think just people intuitively think about, well, if we're going to place an excise tax on something, you know, let's place it on things that make people sick, not make them better. Yeah. And here you have one of America's best industries, really American success story. We lead the world. Yeah. We're trying to cure disease, produce better treatments. Why in the world would we want to stand in the way of that yeah. or make that job more difficult? And uh, yeah, I have to say it's been great getting on you know airplanes and trains and just sitting next to people that have no connection whatsoever yeah. to the device industry. Say you know good luck on that. You know? <laughs> and it's, it, it has really taken on this tremendous profile, which is terrific. I mean, which, I mean, did you want to take a second to? I mean, there has always been sort of this thought that oh, the well, Advent could have knocked that out earlier. Advent didn't do this. Advent didn't do that. Was there any thing you wanted to sort of try and? Set the record straight. Set the record straight, so well, to speak, on that. Well, I hope I did a little bit in trying to explain to your listeners kind of how this process unfolded, because mm -hmm. I do think there's confusion about that. Like, yeah. if you hadn't gone to the White House, you know, would there be a device tax? I just think that's crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, certainly one of the regrets I have during healthcare reform is that we, we didn't really have the governance in place to make sure that all of our stakeholders were involved in those decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, you know, as I mentioned, a lot of our Washington offices were, were developing during that, that period of time. And uh, when you don't have those opportunities for input, people fill the void generally when there's a lack of transparency with, mm -hmm. with generally unhelpful things. Yeah. And uh, so you know, we made changes to allow for, for more to foster more transparency and allow individuals outside the board, you know, to get more involved in, in decision making. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, I'm, I'm proud of the team, the decisions we made, um, you know, and I think the effort to, you know, essentially when the decision was made, you have a Democratic administration, Democratic House, Democratic Senate, yeah. that there's going to be a device tax. You know, we led the effort to reduce it, to yeah. cut it in half, while everybody else's exposure in the healthcare system was going up, yeah. our exposure was going down. Mm -hmm. uh, we also, I think, achieved some other pragmatic successes in pushing the start date out and making the tax deductible and yeah. other mitigating factors. Um, and so, you know, the, the work has never stopped, really. You know, we, we've been improving it and yeah. trying to defeat it, you know, for, uh, for years. I mean, outside the device tax, though, you've had some very big successes, the FDA, I mean, with the relationship with the FDA in 09, I mean, I would not describe it as, <laughs> some might say it was almost toxic in terms of uh, you had an FDA that was coming after the, the device industry, and now, six years later, it's, you know, people are singing each other's praises, their user fees are higher, uh, you know, you're doing more to support the industry. Uh, that must be something that you feel pretty proud of, too. Yeah, I'm really proud of that. I mean, I think that we played a central role in refocusing that debate yeah. uh, away from the answer being more regulation to what is the role of the FDA yeah. in, in the, the industry's continued global competitiveness and leadership. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we educated policymakers on the strength of the 510K process 
uh, the strength of the underlying regulatory system. At the same time, we said, look, uh, patients in Europe are having access to the most clinically meaningful products yeah. uh, long before American patients are, and that's got to change. I mean, I think back to when the IOM did the IOM reports, they get rid of the 510K program. It did. It did. <laughs> that, was, that was sort of a you know, key moment in that, in that discussion. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we've gone from a, a, a point in time where the industry was really, really frustrated with FDA's uh, performance, and that was compounded by this criticism, yeah. again, that we felt was, was very much um, misplaced and not well-informed to where we are today, which is we have a new user fee agreement mm-hmm. that I think is a is really pretty groundbreaking paradigm shift so that it puts the focus on, on more uh, frequent interaction between companies and the agency right. at every critical juncture in the review process. A lot of credit goes to Jeff Sheeran and his team, but the arrows are headed in the right direction. Yeah. And we've seen some pretty significant improvements. Um, so even Jeff at this meeting, I think, has been able to really connect with uh, the audience on, on where he's trying to take the device center. There's still a long ways to go. Sure. Um, you know, I don't but think anyone's... the general anyone's, news is much more positive. Yeah. I mean, you can't... You can't it's, it's undeniable. Absolutely. Right? No one's, no one's uh, declaring victory. Yeah. You know, the, I think that... You know, well, do you ever get to declare victory in this kind of role? Well... Um, Once in a blue moon, you know, it's something stays dead or <laughs> stays past. <or. laughs> it's true. I mean, I, and, and you know, the relationship with the FDA and other regulators tend to ebb and flow. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm very pleased with the progress we've made. Um, what I mean, are there any other things that you're going to walk out of here saying? I'm, I'm really proud of that. You know, there's so much. Year. I mean. I really I do want to emphasize the team. You yeah. know, I, my hiring batting average has been very high. We have an extraordinarily talented team. Yeah. Uh, I remember my first board meeting. We had Jim Collins, uh, you know, speak, and, and he's been back. And I've sort of, you know, been an acolyte of Collins' view of leadership and yeah. uh, organizational strength. And you know, it's it's a lot of common sense. It's about getting the right people on the bus and putting them in the right seats on the bus. And uh, I've been very fortunate to have very talented staff who have stuck around. You know, we've had a a very strong senior management team and staff that have been in the organization for for several years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious when you talk to a lot of your folks, they know what they're doing. Um, In in terms of where you see this industry in 10 years, I mean, Mm -hmm. do you you ever think about, like, where you're, you're hoping it's going to go? I'm, I'm bullish on the future uh, of yeah. the device industry. I mean, I, I, there's, you know, I, I would still characterize it as a bit of tale of two cities. You yeah. know, I'm really excited about, um, you know, the, the increase in knowledge and human biology, the blurring of the lines I spoke about in terms of digital yeah. and traditional uh, medical device companies. I think the devices of the future are going to produce... Uh, terrific health gains and value to the uh, healthcare system and broader economy. They're going to do double and triple duty. You know, they're going to aggregate data. Yeah. Um, they're going to better help help providers uh, better manage chronic disease, patients with chronic disease, avoid hospitalization, right. um, respond to incentives in the system in terms of hospital acquired infections. Uh, I think we're headed towards more of a partnering relationship with providers and payers yeah. to that end. Technology is going to be incredible. It is. I mean, it's. It's. Uh, I worry a little bit about the um, the ecosystem, particularly the smaller 
companies and the capital formation challenges sure. and, and whether we're headed for an innovation cliff of sorts because yeah. we're losing a lot of good ideas. Uh, but we had this session today at our, our conference where uh, the audience was uh, empowered to select one of you know four presentations on small companies, and it was really energizing for me because, A, I think all four of them are going to be really successful. They're really yeah. going to save and improve hundreds of thousands of lives. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I'm excited about the future. Yeah, I, I, I tend to think it's going to be a much different industry. It's going to be just so many different technologies that are going to be intertwined into healthcare. So I think that'll be really exciting. Maybe, you know, the, the robotics and, you know, it's, it's just going to be incredible uh, what's going to be really, in the device. It really is, uh, it's going to be fun to see. Yeah. But it's exciting. I, I imagine you've been getting a lot of advice. What's the best advice you've gotten for your next challenge? Um, boy, that's a good one. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think I'll, I'll fall back on, uh, hopefully, why we've been successful at Abimed. I'll dive into the substance. I've got a lot to learn yeah. about uh, the pharmaceutical industry and uh, how those products are, are reimbursed, what their ecosystem challenges are. Yeah. Uh, there are some similarities, but there are key differences too. Yeah, well, that's great. And uh, congratulations. I'm sure the uh, industry will miss you. I'll, I'll definitely uh, miss having these chances to powwow. Yeah, well, Brian, it's been great watching uh, your success too. Thank you very much. So, best of luck. Thanks, Thanks Steve. Thanks, Brian.